space. And there goes Tyree McCants. Inside the five and in. What a touchdown. And he can pick him up and put him down as he drags the UCF defender into the end zone. Timmy McClain, the talented freshman. A year ago, he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod. Starting quarterback for the Bulls. McClain stepping up, firing over the middle. It's caught for the touchdown. All right, let's run it. Welcome back to another edition of the Fletcher Ian Fowler podcast. I'm your host, Will Turner, here as we get going on this Wednesday uh, in the middle of March, or the end of March, rather. Gosh, it's already three months out of the year already gone. So, yeah, here we go as we end uh, March. This is going to serve, this podcast is going to serve as a uh, kind of an update uh, on a number of fronts. Um and we'll dive into that a little bit as we as we go along. But first, if this is your first time listening, we do appreciate you uh, choosing the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Uh, I had a goal this year about trying to hit 50 podcasts before the year ends, and uh, we published one. So um, got a long way to go on that. So hopefully expect a, a decent amount of, of podcasts coming forward across the summer months. Um, uh, yeah, because <laughs> like I said, I had my goal, and I'm pulling up my goal sheet right now for 2022 was was 50 podcasts, and uh, that has not happened just yet, or we're definitely not on pace for it. So we will, um, you know, and that's one of the updates that I'll that I will, uh, you know, talk a little bit. So um, let's you know kind of dive in here again. If this is your first time listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, we are on all. Four of the major podcast distributors, um, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. So feel free to check us out there. If you are listening in your megaphone.fm browser, we do appreciate you uh, choosing us as, as uh, you know, I continue to try and grow this podcast within the USF space. Um, obviously, consistency is a huge part of growing anything. So, uh, you know, we got we to gotta try and... Uh, we gotta try and, and and get back on that front. So, um, but yeah, so this this podcast is gonna serve as as, as like I said, kind of a um, update uh, podcast on many fronts. Um, first of all, obviously, you know, there's the question of of kind of what I've been doing. Um, you know, not to have a podcast published for the last two months and not really to have much content on the website published over the last two months over on Bulls247.com. Um, but also, you know, with that, we got to update some, some, some spring football things, some uh, other sports things, and kind of go from there and kind of see uh, what things are looking like. So we'll try and hit as many things in this podcast as possible. Um before uh, before we begin April, which is going to be um, an exciting month for the football program. Obviously, the spring game is in April this year, April 9th, and um, so that's important, and that'll be happening uh, at Raymond James Stadium at 6 o'clock. Uh, make sure you make plans to be in attendance. I've been trying to tell as many people as possible, considering that this year's spring game will not be um, televised or streamed or anything like that. 
that was just announced uh, today, I believe. So, so we'll dive into that a little bit, and we'll talk about that and kind of what that means and why it's not being streamed and a few other things as we go on this little update podcast of all sorts. And obviously, you know, I've got to start with uh, with me and kind of my updates and where I've been over the last couple of months. Obviously, um, you know, since probably February, second National Signing Day, I've been a little dormant, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's a carbon copy of last year uh, when I was covering travel softball um, and kind of completely nearly abandoned the site. Folks that know me know that I run a high school softball website from the last week of February to the last week of May, and um, I just ran a 12-team high school tournament um, the second week of March. So second into the third week of March. Um, and that was a really, really tough endeavor, uh, that I had been wanting to take up over the last couple of years. But it, you know, people say, you know, when you always do something the first year, it always takes like a huge portion of time and it takes a lot more than successive years. And, you know, they always say year one's the hardest, year one's the hardest. It's hard to get everything going. And my God, it was one of the hardest things in my professional career that I've ever had to do, um, you know, between insurance and making sure our teams were okay and making sure that, um, you know, the fields were going to be right, dodging raindrops, adjusting the schedule. You know, there were a lot of different things that really, really, really um, just just were time-consuming. I didn't really have a time, time to write any content, whether that was for the softball site or whether that was for... Um, you know, uh, whether that was for the softball site, whether that was for, for, for Bulls 24 seven, I just, I just didn't have time, um, frankly. Um, and you know what a lot of folks, it, 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 it's tough and, and I hate making excuses. I mean, for example, the whole podcast thing, I freaking said that I was going to do 50 episodes. So, um, you know, and at the same time, you know, I don't want this to be a, a podcast full of, of excuses of where I've been, but that's what I do in the spring. Um, so if I remember away from the site for an extended period of time, um, that's probably why, um, obviously I don't want to do that because there's a lot of folks that pay money to that website. Um, in a perfect world, my perfect world, my perfect day is, you know, get up fairly early in the morning. Cause I've had some, some bouts with insomnia as well. So, you know, getting up in the morning, isn't always a, isn't always a thing that I'm able to do, um, consistently, is, you know, get up in the morning, probably spend an hour or two hours on USF content and then kind of work on softball stuff the rest of the day or go to a game later. So that way, you know, USF, since it's in the off season of football, which is obviously our main season, um, still produce content and things like that. That's a perfect world. Um, obviously because I've been dealing with this tournament and dealing with other things. I've had a family member, uh, dealing with significant, um, health issues that that caused one visit to the ER nonetheless potentially a second a few weeks ago but so I've been dealing with that and that's obviously tough and you know every mental health is becoming such a um mental health is is becoming such an important topic in sports in 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 our daily lives and and I'm and I'm trying to have to, to to realize that that working these 12 hour 14 hour days like I'm working consistently 
is it's just not healthy and it leads me to you know the next day it just leads me to um to not feeling motivated and not feeling you know ready to go for 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 the days after and being self-employed is difficult i'll be honest with i'll be honest about that being self-employed is difficult because you really have to have motivation anybody that's been self-employed can understand this you have to be you have to be motivated every single day to get out of bed and to you know work because you you don't have a you don't have a boss you don't have structure you don't have you know any of the normal things in a regular workplace that a regular workplace does and you have to ultimately find structure and i've had difficulty doing that so um but yeah, again, I don't want this to be a podcast full of excuses. Um, just you know, kind of wanted to give a glimpse of where my head is at and and kind of some things. And 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 uh, I'm gonna go in uh, in 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 July probably on some sort of long extended vacation that I've never been able to do since in my in my professional career. I've gone maybe seven years without a true vacation that didn't involve work or anything like that. So we'll do that and try and refresh for the football season but obviously we got to get there so um you know and two of the two of the biggest things that i've that i've struggled with is setting um arbitrary deadlines that you know i say hey yeah expect this or hey expect um recruiting content or expect uh on the softball side expect a coach's poll or expect a player of the week or expect this or expect that by x date and then i just never follow through or it's late by a couple hours or whatnot. So that's a huge thing that I need to stop doing because you, as a listener, as a reader, as a consumer of content, um, ultimately you want consistent content and you don't want to be told that you're going to have something, you you know, you don't want to expect that you're going to have dinner or you don't want to expect that you're going to have a dinner reservation at six o'clock and then you show up to the restaurant and you don't get seated till 730 you know, that's, that that's what I, the best thing I compare it to, but, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm trying to get better, but, you know, setting arbitrary deadlines and, and consistency are kind of the two biggest things that I've just been trying to work on and, uh, you know, been struggling with, um, obviously. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the update side on me. I know I haven't abandoned the site. No, I'm coming, you know, no, I, I, I'm not planning on abandoning the site at this point. Um, you know, sometimes I just kind of needed a break. Some petty things were going on in the media room and it kind of wore me down a little bit and, you know, but we gotta, you know, you just gotta get around that sometimes. So, um, so that's the update part about me. So if you skipped, uh, use my time code to skip through all that. Congratulations. You're past all the whining bull crap that I just, you know, spewed for the last five, 10 minutes, but, um, let's be honest here. You guys came for, for USF updates and content. So let's, let's talk that. So first of all, um, let's dive into, into, uh, the women, the, the basketball season ends, um, real quick, uh, before we get into spring football and things like that. Um, I know we haven't talked a ton about basketball uh, on this podcast, but, um, obviously we'd be doing a miss, um, 
the men's season is now 20 days in the rearview mirror. Um, the men went eight and 23 this year, uh, three and 15 in conference play, uh, two and nine in true road games, and then finished the season with a 50 uh, with a 60 to 58 loss uh, to UCF in the I want to say it was a 6-11 game of the of the American Athletic Conference uh, championship game or, or uh, American Athletic Co- Conference championship tournament or whatever they call it these days. Um, you know, uh, just what a season, right? Um, you know, they lose. Gosh, they, they win just one of their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They lose nine of their last ten on the way, and they they won just three games in 2022, um, which all three of them were, the, were those conference games. So they all they they dropped three of their last 18 games, um, which you know. The, the the real question is 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 I don't know what I think obviously a lot of fans expected more than what than than what the season was and a lot of the fans expected them to be you know at least semi competitive with a coach that in Brian Gregory who who has you know now wrapped up his fifth year at the helm you expect the team to be um, you know competitive um, you know after a after a nine and thirteen season uh the year before with in with a with a month long covid break um you know obviously the the um the incident with tom harrion happened over the last off season and you basically just have to restart right you have to uh you know you have to rebuild your entire roster and you know now that we're a, a year in the past i think a lot of us focused on at least I did a lot of us focused on um just how this team was going to gel on the court and I think at times you saw potential I think uh you know you look at those those uh those first couple of games I think against Auburn um you know uh I think against Auburn you kind of saw that synergy you saw it gel. Um, you saw them start to gel a little bit against UCF. Um, that first game against the Knights in in U, uh, at USF, um, you know, you really saw a team that that was that was clicking. And you know, obviously, this team was going to be a very good defensive team. It was there was no doubt about it, and that's been. You know the calling card for Brian Gregory over his five years of USF of being the head coach at USF. It, you know, tough nose, gritty defensive team that 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 holds, you know, teams to not a lot of points, and that's exactly what they did. So, um, you know, they were one of the top teams in the country uh, early on in terms of in terms of points allowed. They finished sixty, uh, excuse me, forty sixth in the country in terms of points allowed at 64.9 uh, per game. That is uh, nine points off of number one North Texas in terms of scoring defense. And then for reference, uh, Houston was third in the country at 58.8. So obviously a very good defensive team. But, uh, you know, the the, the thing that, that we were, um, I think, just just absolutely shocked about was the offensive inefficiency. USF finished third to last in the country in terms of points allowed at 
uh, points scored per game at 57.5. The only teams worse than that were Eastern Illinois and IUPUI. If you remember, IUPUI was a team, I think, two years ago. I believe it was two years ago. that came to Tampa and beat USF on their home court. Um, they, on, <laughs> it was really, really, really bad offensively at times. I mean, USF also finished last in the country, dead last in the country, by two, by 1.8% below 349th in Presbyterian in three-point field goal percentage. So, we were told all summer that this was going to be a better shooting team, and it just wasn't. Um, you know, you really, you got to take a look at your at your primary point scores, right? And there wasn't a single player that took, um, you know, over even eight three-point attempts, you know, 10 three-point attempts that finished over 33% from three-point range. Uh, DJ Patrick was the closest thing to it he was 30 percent on his attempts 34 100 on the year um so you know obviously this team is going to try and reset i've heard you know i've heard there's going to be multiple transfers uh, Jalen mccreary is already in the transfer portal for the second time in his career um he originally entered when he was at south carolina and came to usf um, so he is in the portal um, i've heard multiple uh, more are, are, are entering the portal at this point in time. Um, you know, it, it, it appears, and everything recent that I've heard indicates that Brian Gregory will be back for the next season. I have gotten that sourced out. Um, obviously, there was talk on Twitter about uh, Frank Martin or uh, um, Rick Patino uh, potentially being interested in the USF job and I'd heard some things surrounding Frank Martin, um, but nothing solid. Um, obviously, Frank Martin's gone on and has taken the job at UMass. Rick Pitino seems secure at Iona and probably might take a blue blood job before he took USF. Um, so, and, and Pitino was one that I didn't hear anything on. So, uh, so just, you know, obviously those two were the, were the names that were thrown around, and those two seem to be the names that... Just names that, that aren't going to happen. USF still has a men's basketball coach at this point. His name is Brian Gregory, and he was just signed to an extension. So it was kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say it was foolish to talk about, you know, any any names, but um, obviously that's what we do in sports media. We speculate. So, um, But he, you know, this, this offseason will be important for, for that team. Uh, Ryan Conwell, a combo guard out of Pike in Indianapolis, is, is coming uh, to USF is a three-star uh, recruit, ranked as the 14th best basketball prospect in Indiana uh, by 24/7 Sports. Uh, we'll see what he brings to the table. He's a 6'3", 190-pound guard, and then of course the big question is what will they do in the transfer portal? So, with that being said, um, big off-season for the for the men's basketball team. We'll see what happens there. On the women's side, um, women went 24-9. Their season wrapped up. Uh, about 12 days ago in the NCAA tournament with a first-round loss to Miami, 78-66 uh, to 66 at Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I was in attendance there in, um, in South Carolina, and, you know, a lot of folks are going to talk about how this was a, uh, you know, 
you missed expectations, right? You came back, you returned mostly everybody, you brought back uh, Shea Leverett, you brought back uh, Betty Mononga, and you bring back those two, and you you think that you're just going to run the table in the conference, and that wasn't true. Um, and Jose, Jose Fernandez said it best um, after that loss, was there was a lot of things that go on behind the scenes in athletic programs that the fan or the media member just doesn't see. And I think that was the case for this USF team because obviously everybody asks, okay, you knocked off UConn or you knocked off Oregon, you knocked off Stanford, you nearly knocked off UConn, you nearly knocked off Tennessee. Um, You know, you had such a great non-conference with the kind of wins that you ripped off. You beat West Virginia soundly. Um, And then you get in a conference play and it almost looks like the team regressed um 12 and 3 mark in conference play is 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 nothing to scoff at and you know a a, a trip to uh the ninth straight semifinal of you know that usf has has um achieved in conference history and then of course another uh back-to-back ncaa tournament uh appearances again is nothing to scoff at so um Obviously, they had sky-high expectations. That UCF team was was really, really, really good. Um, they did a fantastic job of, of finding players um, that bought into their system, especially bought into their defensive system, and they just went with it. And they found players that bought into their system, did what they did what they needed them to do, and look at look at what that team did. I mean, they nearly knocked off UConn in the NCAA tournament in a packed um, Bridgeport regional uh, that, you know, they played in stores. They played on UConn's home court. They nearly, they nearly knocked UConn off. So, um, again, you know, a 24-win season is, 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 is still a pretty darn good one. Um, you know, you take a look at kind of the splits and, and – uh, between uh, conference play and, and, and non-conference play, and you see that three-point shooting went down. They only shot 29% from three-point range this year. Um, you know, scored just over 60 points a game, allowed just uh, just short of 54. You know, so in, in all honesty, was was still you know one of the one of the best rebounding teams in the country. Had a 7.4 rebounding margin. They were rebounding teams, you know, more nights than not. Obviously. The big question with this team now over the offseason is, first of all, how are you going to replace uh, Betty Mononga and Shea Leverett? Those two will not have another year of eligibility. Um, and I it, going back to the three-point shooting real quick as I, as I kind of scroll through this stat sheet, um, three-point shooting in non-conference play was 35%. They were 98 for 276. Sydney Harvey herself was at 45.3%. Eliza Benzon, 37.5%. Um, Marie Alvarez, 33%. And then you go to conference play and you take a look at those stats. And it's it goes from that 35, that big 35, 37% number from three-point range, and it goes to 23%. Um, Elena Cheneke, 26.5%. Uh, Lisa Pinson down to 27.1. Sydney Harvey, like I said, who who had, you know, just had that 
you know, insane run in the non-conference slate was shooting 45%, goes 10 for 62 in conference play. Now, Sydney Harvey also played half the year hurt. She did have a, a, a foot injury that continued to nag, and, I, and, and, and I'm curious to think if she ever really got, you know, fully out, out of the woods with it. Um, Marie Alvarez missed the last handful of games with a knee injury. Um, very, very thankful, um, you know, to, to hear that, that that's not as serious as it could have been because it could have been just as bad and could have been another tear. But I don't think it's another tear, at least from, from what I've heard and from what I've seen. Um, she warmed up against Miami. She warmed up, uh, you know, a few times before that, but never went into the game. So, um, yeah, so that's so that's the women's season in, in a nutshell. And, you know, we take a look at, at trying to – uh, the what this offseason is going to bring and obviously you're going to have to replace the two inside the the two inside players in Betty Mononga and um, Shea Leverett those two will not have another year of eligibility they exhausted their extra year this year so those two will be interesting to see what they you know obviously I think Betty has a has a long career in professional basketball ahead of her so um, you know especially with what she uh you know, did at USF in, 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 in three years, um, over 700 career rebounds, I think, and, and, and more double doubles than, than, uh, in and out burger can provide. So, um, you know, she was very, very good in her career. So, um, we'll have to, we'll have to see what they do on the inside. Obviously, um, Dulcie, uh, Fancam Mengiatu will be back, uh, for another year. We thought she was a redshirt senior, but apparently she's got an extra year. So, um, and they knew that coming into the year. So that was interesting to me that they that they kind of realized that she had an extra year. But yeah, so she'll be back for another year. She didn't play nearly as much in the second half, um, kind of in the last month of the season. She didn't start the last four and only played 23 minutes in the game against Miami. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with that. Um, Obviously, she should get more of the load. She played, you know, she started a good chunk of the season. She started from December 12th to uh, February 27th and, and scored 23 against Tulane, scored 17 against Tulsa, scored 19 against SMU, uh, 22 against VCU in 29 minutes. So, uh, you know, she could be effective. Uh, obviously, the rebounding numbers were, were probably a little bit lower um, with with Betty in the middle. Um, but, you know, she did have some, some, some nice... Uh, rebounding action, uh, the double-double at East Carolina on February 27th, 18.17 rebounds, and then uh, which was the second of two back-to-back doubleheaders because she went 14-10 and 10 against Wichita State um, at Wichita State on the 24th of February. So um, those two are going to be the, the key pieces that you're going to have to re- replace if you're Jose Fernandez. And then the other biggest question is, does Sidney Harvey and Elisa Pinzon return for another year? Both of them uh, participated in senior night, uh, but they do have that extra year of, of eligibility provided by the COVID year. So we'll see if those two come back. You want to create some more uh, bench depth. Um, you know, there were times where USF played with six, played with seven. And, uh, after Alvarez went down, it was it was nearly six. Uh, so another year of getting... Um, Sarah Guerrero and Patience Williams. This will be her first full off season with the team. Um, Ariel Wilson 
uh, will be another to, to watch in development. I mean, especially if Benzon doesn't come back, they're going to need a point guard. And then uh, Mihaila Lajic, uh, you could see a lot of Odeth Betancourt next year. Um, you know, there's a lot of names on this roster, a good amount of names between Betancourt, Lajic, um, Christina Bermejo, Guerrero, Wilson, uh, Bella Weary, the, the true freshman from this year, that, that are, if they're on this roster next year, they're going to need to, to, to step up um, because, it, you know, if, if, if Harvey and, and, and Pinzon stay, then you've got a starting five that returns next year with Pinzon at the point, uh, Harvey at the two guard, uh, Chineka at the wing, um, probably Patience Williams at the four, maybe Bermejo um, at the four, and then uh, Mengiadu at the five. So you've got a decent chunk of your lineup returning if Harvey and Pinzon return. So that's the biggest story of the offseason um, for the women's basketball team. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you know, their offseason is a little bit um, fresher. Um, they're only 12 days in as opposed to the men. The men are 20 days in. So we'll see kind of what happens development-wise and who's on this roster next year, and we'll get more uh, clarity on that over the summer. They do have a couple of signees coming in. Uh, Emma Johansson, a 6'3 forward from Sweden, uh, will be uh, coming to USF. Marina Asensio, a point guard from Spain, will be coming in. And Daniela Gonzalez, a forward from Colombia, uh, foot, will be coming to USF um, this offseason. So um, that's all I can see right now anyway. There's anything more? Anybody from women's basketball yell at me. Um, but those are the three signees that I that I that I've seen come across the, the Twitter timeline, and um, so we'll see how this roster changes. We'll see how it goes. We'll 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 see. You know how much it how much it's uh it changes. So all right, so let's dive into uh, some football stuff before we before we wrap up. I don't have a ton um, right now. I'll kind of dive into that more on the website. Um, later down the line, um, spring game, uh, which had been announced for April 9th, um, that is now known, uh, to be broadcasted on 95.3, 620 WDAE, um, there will be no way to watch or stream the game, so if you want to be in attendance and you want to watch the first days with uh or watch the 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 offense and the defense with travis trickett bob shoop um be 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 at raymond james make plans be at raymond james and uh, as i've been recording this of course i you know have seen enough on twitter to you know ask why um biggest thing is these coaches uh don't want to have um much of anything on film um they don't want um they just don't want their the new scheme on film i mean um and i kind of was i had a podcast and and you know this is part of the whole being consistent thing that i mentioned at the top um you can go into byu with two brand new coordinators and I think the biggest thing that I've, my biggest point 
is you go you you go into BYU week one and you have two new coordinators that have not been a coordinator for at least three seasons. I think it's three in Shoop's case and four in Trickett's case. That's enough um, gap time, probably not the right way to say it, but, but, but time in between to have some wrinkles put in. And I think, you know, you could pick up, I mean, think about where, think about where, you know, Shoop has been, right? Since leaving uh, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Uh, he's been at he's been at uh, Michigan, and he's been at Miami. So, for him, you know, you go pick up some things from from Michigan. You go pick up a thing or two from Miami, and maybe you know you pick up a thing from Mario Cristobal, and maybe in Michigan's case, you pick up something from Jim Harbaugh or that staff or something like that. And maybe there's a few extra wrinkles in there that folks haven't seen on film and folks haven't seen your defense on film for multiple years i think that genuinely leads to some competitive advantage um same thing on the offensive side travis stricken has been a coordinator uh since uh god i want to say it was uh florida atlantic right i think it was i i, I i'm pretty sure it was i'm pretty i'm uh, i'm fairly certain fairly certain it was yeah no it was yeah it was georgia state pardon me he hasn't been a coordinator since 2019 in georgia state four years ago so you know and you know could have picked up something at um could have picked up something from from west virginia um you know there's there's a variety of things and i and i think you genuinely have some competitive competitive advantage when you go into byu next year and you know, BYU saw Glenn Spencer and Charlie Weiss Jr.'s defense and offense. So that's just my opinion. I think there's genuine reason to do it. I think, you know, you can go into week one against BYU and, you know, maybe catch them a little bit off guard. But it's just kind of my two cents, my opinions. Um, obviously, I know it sucks for, for out-of-state alums. It sucks for people that can't come to Florida um, right now. Uh you know, for one reason or another, it sucks for those people that just can't get to uh, Raymond James. But if you can't get to Raymond James, I would definitely uh, consider uh, being there. You know, on that April 9th. So that's kind of you know my my sen- uh, two cents with the spring game in terms of you know being there. Um, then you know, kind of talking about um, you know from there. Uh, kind of some 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 standouts that that I that I keep hearing um obviously uh you know take a look on the offensive side first I've heard a lot about a Joe a Joe when we saw him in person um just very very impressed with his um agility uh, for how big he is 6'3 220 I heard at one point he was pushing close to 240 um as a wide receiver I think he's he, he looks a little bit slimmer um now so, uh, you know, he, he will obviously be one to watch out for um, in the spring. I, I, I can't understate, you know, and I, and, I, and I mentioned this to Travis Trickett in his introductory press conference was, I think 
and I maintain that this offensive coordinator job was very, very desirable in terms of the offensive weapons that are coming back and that are returning for USF. I mean, you add, um, you know, you add a dynamic pass catcher in, in a Joe, Joe Chaffee Brown, you know, obviously has the, has the, the speed, um, you know, the running back room looks good between Mikey Dukes and you got Jeremy Mangan back. And, you know, we've, we talked about this all, all, all off season so far. Um, so I think it was very desirable. Uh, Latrell Williams is, is, is back as well. He's another one that I've, you know, was kind of thinking about, um, recently. Um, he was going to be limited this spring because he's still coming off that ACL tear. Um, but you know, you, you've got a room with a lot of weapons in it. Um, you know, more on the offensive side that I've kind of, uh, heard some, some things about, um, Mikey Dukes has been impressive from what I understand. Uh, K1 Powell, who was back this year after tearing his ACL, I think it was some sort of a knee injury. Um, he's been he's been impressive as well, um, you know, so far. Um, obviously, um, uh, you know, Xavier Weaver has been has been impressive since we you know have gotten a chance to to see him again. Um, I think that, that Cade Roberts, you know, when we saw him, you know, first day of, uh, first day of spring practice, um, was, was very, um, you know, good in, in pass catching drills, liked what he brought to the table. Um, you know, I think there's, there, there's quite a few guys, obviously offensive line. Um, I've heard, uh, I've heard Mike Lofton. Um, I've heard, um, you know, Darrell Bailey as well has been impressive so far. So, um, as a couple of newcomers uh, to those rooms. So I would definitely, you know, keep an eye out. Um, I think the wide receiver room is, is, is could could be really, really good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I think the biggest thing that I'm most intrigued to watch is in the spring game for the offensive side is going to be Byron Brown, who's the true freshman quarterback out of Rollsville, North Carolina. Um, I've had a couple of people walk up to me and tell me how impressed they are with, with him in practice and, and, and watching him and kind of who he is as a, as a, as a kid. And, um, you know, so he'll be one to watch, I think for sure. I'm intrigued to see how he does in the spring game. Obviously, um, you know, Timmy McLean comes back as the, as the, as the starting quarterback from last year. Um, we are now however, however many years into this, this, this Jeff Scott thing. And honestly, this, you know, since 2018 and we're five years into this thing and we're still asking questions about who the starting quarterback is going to be and moving over to the defensive side of the ball obviously you know one of the biggest guys that we've been you know hearing about we've been talking about has been dj gordon uh the linebacker from minnesota via plant city has been one of the most impressive guys so far from from everything i've been told um along the defensive front um, you know, there's been a lot of guys that have gotten a, a, um, you know, head nod here and there. I think the one that really, I wouldn't say surprises me, but really is encouraging to see is, has been the amount that Rashawn, that Rashawn Yates has been, has been talked about this, um, this season. Um, you know, here's a guy who was a, you know, kind of a, a defensive tackle, defensive end that's played a little bit of both in his career and, you know, has, has, has worked extremely, extremely hard and is finally starting to get, um, you know, some, some talked about as a, as a team leader, as, 
you know, obviously one of the standouts in the room as a captain, you know, figure. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think you're, you're going to see a big year from him. I think I, I just, I got a feeling with, with, with him and we've been saying it for a few years now. Um, he's been one of the most, you know, productive players along the defensive line. We know it's been hard to, uh, find production. So it'll be interesting to see how he thrives in this, uh, new scheme. Um, heard a little bit about, about Rashad Chaney. Um, heard a little bit about, um, Jaquez Williams, the the gray shirt uh, freshman from uh, Jenkins High School in Savannah. So we've heard plenty about him. Um, and some of the others uh, along the defensive front, Nick Bags has been talked about. He's been battling an injury. Um, so he's another one to, to, to kind of keep, keep stock in, maybe not for the spring game, but for down the line. And then... You know the secondary obviously is a huge piece of is a is a huge point of emphasis, and um, kind of some of those impressive guys that we've been hearing about. Um, Will Jones is uh, is sounds to me like he's completely ahead of schedule on his rehab. Um, you know, in terms of uh, I think he injured he injured his knee just a couple of, he he did injure his knee a couple of days before the NC State game, and we are let's see. It happened in September. We're in March. It happened probably about nine months ago, and or maybe eight months ago. And he is, uh, or, or or even seven, nine minus three is is six. Shoot, he might even be six months into his rehab, and and he's already kind of making plays. So um, definitely, Will Jones ahead of schedule, which is nice to see. Um, again, another guy that was kind of, that's, that's probably going to end up being limited this spring in terms of what you see out of him in the spring game. Um, but should be a force to be reckoned with from everything that we've been hearing. We've been hearing his closing speed is impeccable, um, things like that. So, um, Will Jones is, is probably one of the guys that I'm most excited to actually get a chance to see, um, down the line for USF. Um, Ray Thornton, the third has been talked about the transfer from Clemson. Um, talked about quite a bit. Um, TJ Robinson uh, told us straight up that he's got to work more on his press and aggressiveness, and he thinks he can do that in this this defense. Um, Smoke Davis um, has been, you know, again talked about as well. Um, but one name too that 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 Bob Shoot brought up early in spring is uh, Tamarcus Simpson, the former transfer quarterback from Eastern Michigan via Sickles High School in Tampa. Um, I kind of had a feeling he played really well down the stretch um you know played a lot played a decent amount of, of special teams at the end of last year and uh you know I, th- I think he did a he he played well down the stretch and and when when there were some injuries in the secondary he played significant snaps against UCF I'm pretty sure he played significant snaps against Cincinnati as well um you know he's he, the guy that impressed early so uh one that I was kind of happy to hear about you know with that so uh, you know, we'll dive a little bit more into spring and kind of some analysis and things like that um, as we go a little bit um, deeper. We are 10 days away from the spring game. Um, and then obviously, you know, after the spring game, we'll have a whole, uh, you know, from April 9th to September 3rd to talk BYU, talk, um, you know, off season and kind of see where this is going to go. So that will do it for the Fletcher and Fowler podcast here on this Wednesday as we get this up. 
I appreciate y'all t- tuning in to this one. Um, again, if you are listening on the megaphone.fm browser, we do appreciate you. And we do hope that you could check us out on any of the four major podcasting platforms between Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We are on all four of those. And uh, if you are an Apple, consider giving us a five-star rating uh, as we continue to grow this podcast throughout the USS space. So hit a little bit of everything, updates on uh, myself, the site, um, football, men's basketball, women's basketball. We'll go from there. Um, I think that was that, that was kind of everything that we hit on. So try to make sure we hit on quite a bit as, as we go towards April. Um, but again, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we'll be back very soon. I just realized that this was actually the first podcast of the year that uh, we put out. So um, I said my goal of 50, we'll probably have to revise that. But, you know, we'll see what we can do here as we uh, continue to march through this spring. So, again, I was your host, Will Turner, and appreciate everyone tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. (laughs) 